Welcome back to Are You For Real with Sarah Frick. Today, we have Sally Barrera here to share her story. Um, and I know Sally through the works. Um, and when her sister reached out, I was so excited to have her on the podcast and to have you share because I think what you are going to share with our listeners is something that um, will definitely resonate with many people and will be a lifeline for people, kind of yes. like we were talking about before. Yeah. So let's get a little a little background on your character, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, so my name is Sally. I grew up in Charleston, born and raised. Um, I'm one of four. I'm the first girl, so uh, the second child, but first girl. So I feel like I still carry the type A personality. Um, I went to South Carolina. I worked for an accounting firm. I got married two years ago, and just we just welcomed our first baby uh, in July. And so I'm kind of I'm here to to share my story, and I'm already about to cry. You can cry <laughs> um, of really the loss that I've experienced uh, in my life. Uh, I would say a lot more than some people go through in a lifetime, and I'm. 32, yeah, about to be 33. Um, and yeah, so I just wanted to come on and share my story and hopefully give people um, some hope and some tools to deal with yeah. all those kinds of things. Absolutely. Um, I just remembered another element of your story as well. So yes, yeah, yes. you got a lot to share. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so when I was in high school, my we have a very, very tight-knit family. Um, my mom's side and my dad's side were all super close. Um, and my dad's brother uh, passed away from cancer. He was like a second dad to me. His two sons are like brothers to me. Um, and that was kind of my first experience with loss and grief and, and really watching my dad go through that. That was his best friend. And, you know, it was just hard. Mm -hmm. And four months later, we were on a spring break trip in the Bahamas with my family. Um, and my best friend, Adela Cook, passed away uh, while, while we were there on spring break. It was very um, traumatic. And we were all there and watched, uh, watched it all happen, which was crazy. Um, and so that was my second experience. Mm -hmm with loss. And in college, um, I started dating uh, a guy named Riker Best. And he, when we were dating, he had already been diagnosed um, with cancer. But I think I was so young still that I, I kind of didn't really quite understand. And he also, um, he would be healthy and then sick and then healthy and sick. And he had like a very long journey. Um, with with it but we we were together for five years and we were engaged and we you know had so many ups and downs yeah so many amazing moments and so many hard 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 moments um I you know we'll get to my story later but I feel like I always was like oh because I'm so close to this I know how these people feel right um but I certainly did not yeah <laughs> and it makes me look back and realize how strong he was and how he endured through so many hard things and put a smile on his face and lived his life to the absolute fullest. And when I was with him, you know, I was always the one that was like, are you sad? Are you okay? Let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. Like let's, and he won, I, you know, brought it up one day and he looked at me and he said, this life is just a stepping stone to get into heaven. Mm -hmm. And so 
when he said that, that just changed my perspective and helped me deal with all of it. And at the end of his life, we were living in Columbia with his family. And he, um, one morning, he had been very sick. He was not eating. He was just not well mm-hmm. at all. And um, he looked at me and, you know, we had all the things to take his oxygen and do all those things. And right. he said, I feel like I can't breathe. And I was like, well, let's take your oxygen. You'll be fine. I think you're fine. And, and we did it and his oxygen was fine. And he looked at me dead in the eye and said, Sally, I cannot breathe. Mm. And so we went to the hospital and he, um, he did not leave the hospital. We were there for about a week. And one of the things that stands out to me so much is, um, my mom had called me and said, I think I'm just going to come to Columbia today. I feel like I don't, I feel like you, I'm going to take you to dinner and we'll just hang out and you need to leave the hospital for a little while. Mm-hmm. And so we, uh, we were in the hospital. I was in the hospital room with him and his family. And the doctor came in and was like, he is going to pass very, very soon. And I walked out of the room to catch my breath. And my mom was right there. Oh. And I was like, this is just what being a mom is. Yeah. You know, like they just, they show up. Mm-hmm. And they know somehow know when to and mm-hmm. how to and all of those things. And... um so she was there and was there through the rest of that time with me. Um, and then six months later, um, six months after Riker passed, my mom felt uh, a lump in her breast. And I remember feeling it with her and just kind of thinking, there's no way. Right, absolutely. <laughs> there's no way that this could happen to our family again. Mm-hmm. Um And I was at work and I texted my dad and I was definitely very hyper obsessed with what's going on. What, what, where, when is mom having your appointment? What time is it? When are you going to call me? You know, just very obsessive. I think just because of what I had just gone through, I kind of felt like I knew what the deal was. I knew what oncologists would say and all of those things. And, um, my dad said, we will talk when you get home. And I just broke down um, and was like, this has got to be a joke. Mm -hmm. And got home and um, immediately went home, got home and realized that she uh, had breast cancer. And at the time, it was, we were told it was stage one. It was stage one. Um, But she just had an incredibly aggressive form of breast cancer. And so she was diagnosed in April and passed away in November. So she, it was a very fast, mm-hmm. um, that is fast. Yeah. Just very fast and very quick. And I, you know, our parents were trying to probably protect us from some of the things from all the things and didn't want us to be hurting or for us to be sad. Um, which was really hard because I wanted to know every single thing, totally but watching, um, the people that you love suffer is, so hard yeah. and for people who are caregivers they are heroes I agree <laughs> um and they do so much more than I think a lot of people realize totally I'm watching my friend Jen with her yes, husband I, I mean I know their story yeah. and whenever I've heard them on your podcast yeah. I always think just she is <laughs> it's so selfless it's so selfless you know and it's like it changes everything. Yes. Not just your dynamic with that person, but your dynamic with your children and your friends and your work yes. and your life. Yes. You know, everything. Your whole life. Yes. And so I have so much respect for her and what she's doing. Um, but 
so, and also my, with my loss with Reichert, it's, it, it certainly was not my own cause he has such a wonderful family, but it felt like my own because mm-hmm. it was just me. Um, and when we lost my mom, it was, you know, my brother and my two younger sisters who I wanted to protect and was, you know, taking on their hurt as well as mine. Mm-hmm. Um, so we miss her more than anything yes. <laughs> all the time, especially yes. becoming a mom has yeah. made me miss her so much. Um, so this year, <laughs> uh, well, I, so I got pregnant in November of 2022. Um, and then in March, this past March, uh, I was shopping with a friend and for some reason, I think I was playing with my necklace and I felt a lump above my clavicle. And I just felt, it felt odd. It felt like I've never felt this before. It feels, felt kind of like a swollen gland. Mm-hmm. Um, and I Googled it, of course. And the first two things that came up were bre- breast cancer or lymphoma. And I had had COVID a few weeks before that. And so a lot of people were telling me, you know, that can happen. I'm, you know, you're pregnant. Yep. And that can also happen with um, with COVID. Your lymph nodes can swell. I mean, some people I had heard had gotten um, like false breast cancer, mm-hmm. you know. And so I was convincing myself and hoping that that was it. I, I have two, my mom's two sisters are doctors and I reached out to them and my aunt came over and felt it. And she said, you know, I think that just out of caution, I want you to get a biopsy. And so we have a good family friend who got me in immediately and he felt it. And he was like, you know, it's definitely weird, but it could be COVID. And right. I think it's COVID and, and it's going to be fine. Um, and he did a biopsy and um, it nothing came back from it. And so he's like, I want to do an MRI and probably get you another biopsy. And so I'm definitely was starting to panic and worry. And my, so what's like going on inside of you? uh, So much fear. Um, and then so much appreciation for my life. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I remember just very viscerally feeling like something was wrong. And I normally can, am very pretty good at shifting my mind. And for whatever reason, I, I wasn't I was like, why are you freaking out? It's not hap- it hasn't happened yet. Like we don't know what's wrong. It's probably COVID. But I would I would get in the shower and I would just sob. Yeah. And I would I'm thinking like I'm I love my husband so much. I don't want to leave him. I'm not ready to to leave this wonderful life that I do have. Right. And what is gonna happen to my child? Yeah. Um and so I, I mean, I was scared for sure. And then also just trying to be as positive as possible. And my, so I had an MRI, um, and I went to see our, the doctor the next day and he is the one who's a family friend and he wasn't sure. I mean, he saw the MRI, MRI results and he was nervous that I was possibly going to come alone and so I'm in the shower getting ready to go to that appointment. I hear like a male voice call my name and I'm like, was that Sam? My husband is Sam. Mm-hmm. And, and I get out and I realize that my dad is there and I immediately knew. I mean, I walked out and I was like, something is not right. Like he, he Bo called you, didn't he? And he was like, yes. And, um, we don't know what it is, but something is wrong. 
And so we went to that appointment and, uh, I mean, I just sobbed the whole time and I was, I just was like, I'm so angry and I'm sad and I'm so not fair scared. And how is this happening? Why would this happen to me when I'm carrying the child that I prayed for, for so long? And, um, so it was a process of figuring out exactly what it was. Mm -hmm. Um, it was like, we had to do another biopsy and I just felt like for a few weeks, I just cried. Yeah. And I mean, my husband was amazing and just let me, he was just there Yeah, and he let me cry when I needed to cry and he helped me be strong when I needed to be strong. Mm -hmm. And it was actually good Friday. I'm definitely better when I have a How plan. How far along were you pregnant at this point? I was 22 weeks pregnant. Okay. And one of the, bio, the, the big biopsy that I got, I was sitting in this room and I'm kind of looking around. I mean, genuinely just being like, where am I? Right. How am I here right now? Right. And the, this nurse pops her head out and goes, any chance you're pregnant? And I was like, I'm 22 weeks pregnant. Yeah. I mean, what, how do you not know that? Yeah. <laughs> And, um, but it was, so it was like a three week span of them kind of being like, we think it's lymphoma. We're not sure what kind it's called like gray zone lymphoma, okay. which makes it more difficult to treat. And, but, but they still were just like, we don't know enough yet. We need to send your results to the NIH and get them to determine exactly what it is. Um, and then it was good Friday. My oncologist called me and he said, you know, I've talked to some people I have not heard from the NIH, but I've talked to some of my colleagues at Harvard and other places, and they think that it's non-Hodgkin's. And he went through this whole plan of what I was going to have to do, and I'm you know, just sitting there writing it all down, mm-hmm. thinking, oh, my God, yeah. God, there's no way this won't affect my child. Like, there's how am I going to... Like, I knew that Hodgkin's was a better diagnosis than non-Hodgkin's and but I'm just like okay it's okay we have a plan Mm -hmm. we have a plan and like two hours later after he had called me and we'd gone through that he calls me again and he says I have good news and I just sobbed yeah of course and he was like um I just talked to the people at the NIH and you have Hodgkin's lymphoma this is going to be a very different process than what I just told you you, you know, it's a very standard treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, there's more data on women who have been pregnant, who have had to receive this treatment. Um, so it felt like a godsend and it felt like someone was watching over me right. that, you know, he had just called me and explained like all of these things I was going to have to do, you know, your bones are going to hurt your, you're going to carry a pump home and you're going to keep that for a week. And it's going to, you know, chemo will come into you every day for a week. And then all of a sudden it was like, no, this is actually going to be much more standard. This is going to be okay. And I think from that moment on, I was like, time to put your big girl pants on and let's do this. And as much as I absolutely hated that my child was having to do it with me, she kept me going the entire time. And I was like, I don't want to feel anxious and scared and sad and alone and all these negative feelings when I'm, you know, carrying her with me. And I would just, honestly, I would talk to her and be like, we got this. It's me and you, and we're going to do this together and we're going to get through it Mm -hmm. and we're going to be fine. Yeah. Um, 
Definitely days that were hard. Um, so you, was the treatment chemo? Yes. So I had 12 rounds of chemo, um, five, no, seven before I had her and five after. Um, Did it make you sick? It made me feel it, it wasn't horrible. Um, there, are, there are much worse kinds. And in me, I always described it like when you have the flu and you're starting to feel a little bit better and you're, you're excited about that. Yeah. So you try to go do something. Totally. And then you're like, oh, was not better at all. Yeah. I felt like that pretty much all the time. I was every other week I had treatment. And so on my weeks off, I definitely felt better. But now that I'm here now and I'm three months out of my last treatment, I'm realizing how tired. Yeah. I wasn't. And I was pregnant. You yeah. Know, and no kidding. <laughs> yeah. You know, big. Yeah. 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 I mean, what, I mean, not that this matters that much, but like when you were in there were people like you're pregnant and you're getting chemo, like were people asking questions or. Yes. <laughs> a lot of people, my MFM. So I was very closely monitored. I mean, I was seeing him every week and he was, I mean, incredible. And he made me feel so calm and he was like, listen, that's you, maternal fetal medicine, right? Yes, yeah. Yes. He, you know, said this would be a def definitely be a different story if you were, if you were in your first trimester, but your baby is fully grown. And, um, the only thing she's doing now is growing. She's fully formed. Yep. Sorry. Yeah, she's, yeah, yeah. she's just, she just needs to grow. And so they were, he helped me with you got to eat so much protein. I mean, like 80 to 90 grams a day, you've got to try. Yeah. So it was like anything you put in your mouth, it has to have protein. You cannot eat a bag of chips. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's just nothing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, and he was like, you know, calmed me and told me all of these different scientific things that made me, that gave me comfort knowing she could be fine. But right. I mean, I was scared of course. and worried for her a lot of it. And people would come up to me and say, I just don't understand how this won't affect her. And I'm well, like, thanks. Well, neither do I. Yeah, go away. And if you don't think, I don't yeah. think about this every out of my face. day. Out of my face. <laughs> like you're insane. Yeah. Um, people say the darndest things, don't they? Right? <laughs> yes. I was like, yeah. Yeah. Did they take her early? They took her at 38 weeks. Um, so she went full term. Yeah. She went full term. And I actually had a very easy good delivery. Well, you which deserved I felt it. Like God. I was like, you know what? She deserves did you an easy vaginal C-section? Yep. I did a vaginal. And when I, I felt very calm and good all day. And when the doctor came in and said, it's time to push. I mean, I just sobbed. Yeah. And my nurse was like, are you okay? And I was like, I have been waiting for this day. I want to hold her. I want to hear her cry. I just want to see this child who has been here with me through a really hard time. And yeah. like one day she will know like what she did for me, mm -hmm. um, through all of this. And we actually were not going to find out what we were having. And then I was diagnosed and I thought, I just want to know who's in there with me. Like, yeah. I want to know who I'm talking <clears throat> to. And we always knew that we would name her, uh, a girl after my mom. But, um, when, when we opened the envelope and saw that it was a girl, I was like, my mom sent me her to, she sent me her to be, to be there with me through this. Yeah. She is Dixie. She's a badass. <laughs> She's a fighter. And it just felt like so right. Mm -hmm. um, and when I held her in my arms, I mean, 
Just yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> the wildest feeling. I'm yeah. just like, you're here and you're okay and you're healthy and happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was definitely like one of the best moments of my life. I'm sure. Yes. For all of you. Like, yeah. <laughs> what a gift after all of that. Yes. Yes. Um, so yeah. How old is she now? She's almost five months. Okay. Yes. So um, like newborn exhaustion means nothing to you. <laughs> well, no, I will say I, so I had her on a Thursday evening and went to my chemo on a Monday. Wow. <laughs> so three days later went, um, and that day I happened to get a video from my coworkers. Um, they had put together this video that was funny and uplifting and it just happened to be that it was finished at that time. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, so I watched it that day, which is just a day I really needed it yeah. um, because I was leaving her for the first time. I was in a lot of pain <laughs> yeah, yeah. still. And then also just continuing that. And even my nurse, um, Brooke, who I absolutely loved and I had her every single time I went and she was like, your coworkers made you that? Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> I was like, they're, you know, they're my friends yeah. too. Um, and I had so much support through all of that. It was mind blowing. I mean, my sister uh, reached out to uh, uh, everybody, kind of like in our support group, and asked them to make these baskets for me um, every Sunday before my treatment on Monday. And so every Sunday, I would get a basket of all these different things of like uplifting words and oh, I love that. different, just different, so many different sister? fun, cool things. Oh, you've got a good sister. Yes. Yeah. She. <laughs> Stepped up and was was really there for yeah. me th- through the entire thing. Um, I want to go like back. Okay. So let's because I think you have so many different like pockets of experience. Yes. And I think different people listening, like our listeners listening to this, are going to have an experience like this. Maybe not all twenty five that you've had. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so if you're speaking to like maybe like one of our younger listeners or our listener who is like your dad who lost a friend with like young children. Like how did that affect your family? How do you feel like they, cause that was probably your first like experience with grief, right? What, my uncle. Yes. Yes. So I think about that too, like with my children, my dad's wife, my stepmom, they were together since I was four. My parents split when I was two and she died of pancreatic cancer um, when the twins were one. So they don't really remember her right. and Waylon does a little, but he wasn't like a teenager. Right. Right. So like, how did your parents explain, like, how does that process, you know? Um, gosh, we, I think because we were so close, we were all able to like come together and talk about it. I think personally for me, I think seeing your parent who is like the person who's so strong and the person who's, who teaches you everything and mm-hmm. is, is the person you look up to. And when you see them struggling and you see them sad and upset, like it's, it's so hard. Um, but I, I honestly just feel like we have always had an open, honest, like it's so even annoying for me to say out loud, but like to me, my childhood was perfect mm-hmm. because we, you know, I'm one of four, we have a lot of siblings and we're all super close and we're tight and we talk and we're open. And I think that definitely helped us get through that. Yeah. You know, my uncle's loss. Yes. And then losing a friend at such a young age. 
And now a word from our new sponsor, which I am super excited about. Clean Your Dirty Face is opening December 16th. They're located in Oyster Park right next to the Works Mount Pleasant. This isn't your typical spa setting. It's a lively, open concept facial bar. It's a clean, non-toxic and fragrance-free 30-minute facial customized for your skin's needs. Sometimes all we have is 30 minutes, you know? The solution to clean, more radiant skin is routine skincare. They created their 30-minute facial not to replace the zen-like experience you get with a spa day, but in terms of skincare, it's the place to visit an esthetician consistently and receive personalized professional skincare in a bright and vibrant setting. Most of their clients say their favorite parts of their ice queens are signature five-point acupressure face massage to help with blood circulation, lymphatic drainage, and obviously relaxation. You'll love it and you might fall asleep. Your first facial is only $35 with promo code VIRGIN. Also, they'll still be selling their founding membership until their opening date, $99 for unlimited facials. Their products are gentle enough, you can get multiple facials a month and you'll definitely have glowing skin. Check them out, cleanyourdirtyface.com. Yes, oh, you know, I was so young um, at the time and when I look back, I definitely went through, um, I think I, I went through this phase of feeling like nothing bad could happen to me because something so bad just did. Mm -hmm. And I remember, you know, maybe not making the greatest decisions. Um, I, you know, I went to college like six months after she passed. It was like the end of our senior year of high school. And I was probably, you know, drinking too much or, mm -hmm. you know, co not coping in the very best way. Mm -hmm. And that was when I, um, started therapy. Um, and I have been seeing the same therapist now for, that was just 15 years ago, 17 yeah. years ago. That's um, great. and she's amazing and knows my whole story. And I always tell people like, if you can go to therapy, go to therapy. Um, it has changed my life. It's so wonderful. You had someone that has walked this path with you. Yes. And I mean, I, and I, one thing I always tell people is it's, it can be so hard to find the right person. Mm -hmm. Um, and I went to a few that I was like, absolutely not. This isn't working. And when I found her, it, we just clicked mm -hmm. and, um, it has, it has truly changed my life. Um, so I, Definitely think that that is something that has helped me. So just the tools that she gave me mm -hmm. to be able to work through all of this yep. um, have been incredible. Yep. Um, and I also, you know, when I do look back and it's something that you talk about a lot is like one thing I always say is like give yourself grace. And um, you talk about grace a lot. I remember after Rikard passed, someone sent me a book called A Grace Disguise. Oh, my gosh. I love that book. Yes. Did you send me that? No. I don't know. Somebody sent it to me when Grace died, but I didn't they've never put their name on it and I've sent it to every single person it's, that I've ever that I've, yes. has lost somebody. Well, and grief to me, one thing I always think about is it if it, it can feel incredibly lonely. Yep. You feel like or I felt like, you know, I was the only person like experiencing this and I used to get very homesick as a child and it's like that mm -hmm. feeling mm -hmm. on steroids. Mm -hmm. And so I was definitely like constantly trying to find, you know, I, I didn't love hearing your story because mm -hmm. it was so heartbreaking, but it made me, it gave me comfort mm -hmm. to know that, you know, you went through something so hard and terrible mm -hmm. and you got through it. Yep. And I think after I read that book, I mean, I was constantly searching, That's listening why to podcasts. I felt the same way about that book. Like I remember laying in bed after we lost Grace and I, like I said, I have no idea who sent me this book and it was like, 
the story is he was was in a car accident. His yes. mother, his his daughter, wife and his daughter. They all passed, passed away. And away. His three other children lived. Yes, they were hit by a drunk driver, and he was a professor, right? Yes. And he just tells the story. And to your point as well, it's not. I'm not like, oh, good, you've had worse, quote unquote, worse than me or whatever it right. is, but you've had immense loss. Yes. And here, just to read that story, I think that's what, that's when I fell in love with storytelling. Right. Well, and I, and I made me, my sister was like, I really want you to, to share your story and go on a podcast. And I was like, I don't know if I'm ready, but it, it's, it is so helpful to hear, um, other people's stories or listen to other people's stories, read other people's stories mm-hmm. to know, <clears throat> you know, I, it gave me the feeling if they can do it, I can do it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think it's important. I, when I say give yourself grace, I, it's like I say that and then I kind of add on like, but don't stay in maybe that place for far too long mm-hmm. because that's where you can get in trouble. And right. I think like there are plenty of days where I didn't get up and I didn't put my big girl pants on mm-hmm. and I cried and I did whatever I wanted to make me feel better, even though it may not have been the best things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's okay. Okay but I couldn't stay in that place for too long. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what I always, um, what I always tell people is like, yes, it's okay to be that way. And there was a long period of time where I was, you know, some people say, take it day by day. Like I was like, get to the next hour. Oh yeah. If you can get to the next hour, you'll be fine. Yep. And then get there and then get to the next one. Totally. You know, like it wasn't even just day by day. It was hour by hour. And you don't know until you know. I I always like have these, like, I have these core memories of like walking out of MUSC that day without grace. And like, I was like, okay, I'm going to go, I have to go to the bathroom. I'm going to go to the bathroom. Yes. And then I'm going to figure out what I'm going to do after I go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to get down the end of the hall and then we're going to get to the parking garage and we're yes. going to get our car out of the parking garage and then we're going to go home. Yes. You know, it was literally like one step because you can't breathe. Yes. <laughs> and uh, your head's moving so fast and your heart's beating so fast. And it's just, I mean, it's trauma. Yes. Legit trauma. Yes. To your body and to your brain. And have you thought about having another child? I have. Um, <clears throat> and I, it definitely scares me. I think like sometimes I, I wonder was COVID correlated with what happened to me? Was my pregnancy correlate, you know, mm-hmm. the <clears throat> hormones that were happening maybe along with the COVID, you know, what, what was that? Cause is there, can they trace that? Like, is that something that they happens in your family? No, or, okay. that, that that's, that that's, that's not correlated at all. My, my MFM did tell me that he would like for me to wait at least a year before trying again, just to make sure that, I mean, my body needs to heal, you know, and, and get back to, to a good place before I can even try that. I, I've always wanted a lot of kids. (laughs) Um, that's definitely shifted a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yes. I remember, I mean, I'll be scared, I think, and I'll be really nervous, but I, I, I can't remember if I said this, but when I, I'm a worrier in general. And when I just was pregnant, I, I was telling myself, I just would repeat to myself whenever I would, you know, go down, you know, when you have the anatomy scan. Oh yeah. I mean, no one tells you. Yeah. (laughs) Every time I wiped when I was pregnant, I was looking for blood. (laughs) That was like the first thing I was looking for. Me too. And so to not be so crazy, I, I started to say, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And so whenever I would start to go down a rabbit hole, I would go back to that Mm -hmm. and just be like, stick with that. This is out of your control. Mm -hmm. He will, he will do what, what you need him to do Mm -hmm. and this will be fine. And, um, so I, I held, I hold on to that 
And I, and it was, then I was diagnosed and I was like, there may be a reason why, like, for some reason I started saying that at the beginning of this pregnancy Mm -hmm. and like that helped carry me through just trusting in something bigger than yourself. Yeah. And bigger than anything, really. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I agree. I did a lot of, a lot of praying when I was pregnant. (laughs) I remember when I was pregnant with Waylon, like just getting there was so hard. And I was like, I had just gotten, we had just gotten the genetics back and like everything was good. That was maybe like 14 weeks. And I was like, okay, like I had could, I hadn't told anyone, like I literally would have gone, I would have been crowning and not told anyone because I just was like so so scared. And I walked into the back of my old studio I, we had a teacher training and I thought I had like peed my pants and I looked down and I was covered in blood, yeah. like to my knees. Yeah. And I, I, there was a woman there that worked for me at the time and I was like, I have to go, I have to go right now. Like, and I called my midwife, Jean Blake, like screaming. I was yeah. like, oh my God, how is this happening to me? How is this happening? Like, like this, you're like, I was like, this is not real, yeah, right? Like this right, is not this real. Can it, this sh- this she cannot was like, happen. Natalie's there, go in. And I, I literally, when I stood up at my car to go into low country OB, I was sitting in a pool of blood. And I remember calling John. I was just like screaming, crying. And I had like a yogi toe in my car and I wrapped it around me because I didn't want to go. I was just dripping. Right. And I went in. They're like, you're going to have to sit in here. I was like, no, I'm not. (laughs) You do not (laughs) want me to sit in here because I'm going to give everyone here a heart heart attack. (laughs) So they took me back to a room. And I remember sitting on like the white, the table with the paper on it. And when I stood up, like there was like a blood butt print. And I was like, this is it. Like I'm losing this baby. And they put me on the ultrasound and they were like, your baby's okay. Yeah. I was like, what? You know, why? why? What, what yes. is happening? And yes. they're like, you know, they put me on bed rest for a little bit and we had to get ultrasounds, but he's perfect. Yeah. Well, I, I had some, some early bleeding that seemed like too much to me. And in hindsight, it, it, it wasn't, but I think that's where like my, you know, mindset of you got to trust, Yep. trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Cause, and it ended up being, I was fine. I wasn't mm-hmm. miscarrying. Um, but that's kind of where that started. And then when I was diagnosed, I was like, you, as hard as it is, you've got to continue this. You've got to continue to trust and continue to believe that everything is going to be okay, mm-hmm. that you're going to be okay, that she's going to be okay. So I had her July 20th, and on August 18th, I knew that my PET scan was scheduled for then. And most people get a PET scan after like three or four treatments, but because I was pregnant, I couldn't get one. So it had just been a long time mm-hmm. without really knowing, like, is this working? Is that, right. am I okay? Like, and I remember lying in bed with my husband. Um, so she was probably four weeks, around four weeks. Um, and I just looked at him and I said, what if my daughter doesn't know who I am? You know, like, what if she doesn't get, what if I don't get to grow up with her? And what if Mm -hmm. she doesn't get to grow up with me? Like that could be our reality, you know, like what Mm -hmm. is what in the world? That can't be, it can't be true. Um, and I had, I mean, I had my scan and my scans were clear Mm. and they were fully clear. What a blessing. Yes. I mean, have you ever felt better in your whole life? No. (laughs) The day I had her and the day I got my clear scans, just because my, what I knew of cancer was not good. Right. You know, it was that everybody dies. Yep. You know, like you can't That's how I felt with having this. babies. Yes. It, like I just keep losing them. Right. Yep. Right. Which makes total sense. Yep. And, and so to get those results and for them to say, you know, they are clear and you are fine. It, 
I don't, I can't describe how I mean, that felt. it's just like, well, I feel like when they put Waylon on me and I've said this on the podcast before, I felt like, like grief left my body. Yes. Like all of a sudden I was like, yes. Like and I dropped back into my body. Yes. And also just like running full steam ahead yep. and like not really realizing like all that's really happening. Yep. And then, you know, I get those results and it's like, <sighs> yeah. Like, holy shit. You don't even realize like what you've been, like how much yes, you've been holding it together. Because you've just, and, and I mean, it, it was the same for my husband too. You I know, bet. I think he was just like <laughs> trying so hard Absolutely. to just be there for, for me and for us when we had her. And, and I think that when I got those, he just, <laughs> yeah. it was like a release oh, of just totally pure joy. And I mean, I think he was so scared. Of course. I mean, he would come, you know, she was, she's going to be fine no matter what happens. Like I will take care of her. And I'm like, I don't want you to yeah, take care of her. Yeah, I yeah. want to take care of her. Oh my um, gosh. So that, I mean, it was an amazing moment and, you know, going through so many things, I do feel like I experienced joy and happiness and life in a very different way than maybe others do. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel all of that really hard. Yeah. (laughs) I feel the joy really hard. And, um, for a while I, I was thinking about life kind of in the way of so many, I'm so unhappy. Um, why are all of these things happening to me? What, when am I going to catch a break? Mm -hmm. When is something going to happen to me to make me happy? Right. And I, cannot remember what podcast I was listening to, but it's, it was talking about happiness and, um, the simple phrase happiness is a choice changed my whole life. Mm -hmm. I was like, it is my choice to get up every day and, and choose to be happy and choose to do the things that make me happy. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, you always say out of your, I think out of your head into your body Mm -hmm. and like, now like exercise, that's non-negotiable for me. Like I have to get out of my head and into my body, whether that's a walk, whether that's one of your classes. I told Hattie last week, I went to my first works class. Tumbling, Um, isn't it? After you have a baby. uh, Maggie, (laughs) I'm not sure why I chose that one. She's she's crazy. And, um, (laughs) but I, I told Hattie, I, I lied down on the mat. I I got there early and I lied down. It's probably been a year, at least a year since I've been back. Mm And tears were just streaming down my face because I was like, I feel I'm, I'm becoming myself again. Yeah. And I feel so grateful to be able to be in this room and to be able to move my body. It's like, it's a feeling I can't explain. And it sounds very cheesy. It doesn't. But it's not. You it, know, the cheesy things are true. But it doesn't <laughs> sound cheesy for me. What it sounds like is you have pers- like insane perspective on life. Yes. And I'm not saying that you... It's, I, I remember when we lost Grace, my midwife at the time was um, Barbara Stone. Do you know Barbara? She's... Oh, yes. I think she knew your mom. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, and she was like... She had delivered another couple that night. And she was like... This is going to sound kind of bad, but whatever. She was like, they're very like just young, ignorant, like have no idea about the world. Yes. You know, like nothing yes. has affected. And, and, and I mean, lucky them, right? Right. She's right. like, and you don't have that anymore. Like your eyes have been open yes. and I wish you could be them, but you're not. And right. so now you have this perspective. What are you going to do with it? Yes. It's not that you asked for that. Right. I, I mean, cause I remember I would text her all the time. I was like, I want to be the young, dumb couple. Yes. I want that. Yes. I want to be them. <laughs> I want to be the one yeah. who's experienced. And she's like, no, you don't. No, you don't. No, yes. you don't. And, and. I do, you know, I always say like because of grace and I just think it changed the trajectory of my life. And, you know, do I wish I had four 
children, my children here? Of course I do. Yes. I would give anything for that. Yes. And I also believe, you know, that God has a plan for me. Does he want harm or hurt? Absolutely not. But, you know, we're part of a greater story. Our story is part of a fabric. Yes. And this you coming on here and sharing yourself is 100% going to be a lifeline for somebody else. Well, I, I was so nervous about coming and I was like, I think it'll be therapeutic for me to share my story. But I also want, I was like, I also want people to get something out of it. They will. You know what I mean? Yes. And I, people would say to me a lot, you know, good things are going to happen to you, Sally. And I think one version of me at one point was like, when? <laughs> Wait. Show me. Yeah, like can can it happen now? Yeah. And and then I started to realize good things happen to me every day. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's the way that I have to look at life and I don't know how you look at it any differently, mm-hmm. you know? And I also have to like kind of give a shout out to all the people who have been so supportive in my life. I have so many amazing friends and my family is incredible. And I think sometimes it's hard for people to accept support. I've gotten really good at it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) especially in my latest journey. Um, I kind of just allowed people to show up and be there for me. And that, that was, I mean, it it changed my whole journey Mm -hmm. to be able for people to be there for me and to let them be there for me and to kind of let go and let people take care of me a little bit. Totally. So that brings me to my my next point too. And my friend Jen talks about this a lot. So I'd love to hear your perspective, you know, on it. Like she's always like, you know, people text, what can I do? She's like, don't text, just do. Like I don't have the capacity right now to tell you what to do for me. Yes. And, and I, when I listened to her say that, I was like, wow. Yes. And I also, Cheryl Sandberg, I don't know if you ever read her Uh book. She tragically lost her husband. And that is one thing she says too, is like, just show up. Mm -hmm. We don't know what we want to eat because we probably don't want to eat. But if it's in front of my face, I'll probably eat it. Right. You know? And I, I think that, um, some people are really good at it. Yeah. (laughs) Some people, I've, my best friend, Caroline, who actually, um, I wrote a story about her, uh, about when Riker passed away because she just showed up and she did that for me too. And in this journey is like my door would just, I mean, I just gotten my port, I think placed and I was in pain and scared. It was the very beginning. Not yep. feeling, and she would just, my door would open and she would come in and she'd have her work computer and she'd be like, Hey, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to be here. Yeah. She didn't talk. She didn't make me talk. Yep. She didn't, she just was there. Yep. Um, and those are the best people that just climb inside yes. with you. Like, I don't need you to say the right thing. Just nope. sit down. And if I start crying, just sit next to me and cry too. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like it, it just show up. Yeah. I mean, I will get very emotional talking about Hattie just because. Yeah. Uh, Hattie's of, her sister that's here. Yes. <laughs> all of the ways in which she showed up for me. I was like, I will just never be able to repay you. And she's like, you don't have to repay yeah. me. That's what we do for each other. Yeah. And it, yeah. Just helped my journey. Totally. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that is it is you just show up. Mm-hmm. Don't ask, just do. Just, don't ask, just do. <laughs> I totally agree. Well, before we wrap this up, cause it's been so great. Do you have any advice for, cause you're young, like a young yes. woman who gets a diagnosis like this. I know you, you talked a lot about your faith. Yes. Um, we have recent, like I had a podcast a few weeks ago. I don't think it's aired yet, but we talked to a woman who had been diagnosed with something and ended up not being what she had, but she talked a lot about advocacy for yourself, you know, making sure yes. that 
you're, that the doctors are listening to how you're feeling and stuff like that. Do you have any like a, a words of wisdom or a piece of advice or? Um, I, I would basically the same. It's like you have to be an advocate for yourself. I think especially in, I feel like healthcare. Well, I guess I don't know how it used to be, but has changed so much. And it's very much like you're in and you're out. Mm-hmm. And I never, I sometimes felt like I wasn't being paid fully attention to. And especially when I found, you know, this lump, I mean, I do think a lot of people would maybe be like, it's fine. Yep. It's the swollen lymph node. It's not that big of a deal. And yes, I had my aunt who said, I would like you to go get a biopsy. But I think from that moment on, I... I was an advocate for myself and I was not afraid to be pushy. Yeah. If you feel something in your gut, it's for a reason. And if you feel like you need better care or more care, you ask for it Mm -hmm. and you step up and you sit, you ask for what you need because sometimes I think we're they're So they're seeing so many patients that you're just kind of like a number in all of it. Mm -hmm. And so you have to stand up for yourself and, um, I, I think I got really good at that uh, because I was pregnant. It wasn't just me. Yeah. You know, it didn't feel selfish um, because I was like, really, I'm doing this for her. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's when the, the, the claws come out. Yes. <laughs> yes. You can fuck with me. Don't fuck with my kids. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I think people would always say, and it kind of bothered me at the time, like, oh, you just wait. Like, you don't really know what it's like to be a mom until you are a mom. You were like, no, I am. And I'm like, yeah, but there is some truth to that. You know, like when I had her, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, (laughs) this is how that feels. Um, But yeah, I, you know, always be your own advocate and stand up for yourself, especially when it comes to your health. It is all we have. Yeah. Um, And it's a very, it was a very uh, scary feeling for me to feel it for myself, even though I had already experienced a lot of sickness around me. Mm -hmm. Um, it was very different to feel it for myself. Yeah. Mm. Well, thank you so much for coming on here. You're so wonderful. So much for having me. Thank you. So Um, if anybody wants to reach out for you, can they give them your Instagram handle? Yes. It's Sally. Gosh, I'm so not. Do you want to give them your email instead? I can do. Yeah, I think it's Sally, which is S-A-L-L-I-E-J Barrera, B as in boy, A-R-R-E-R-A. Okay. And I would love, you know, if anybody has, it just wants to talk, I guess. Like, I'm always willing to to talk and listen and share and all the things. Yes. Awesome. And I really appreciate no, you having I'm me on. No, I'm so glad and you appreciate your, you know, you've inspired me. Oh, well, you're sweet. Thank you. That, it, this was, a, a, a wow. You've been through a lot. But you look, you're like, you look great. <laughs> Love that sweater. Thank you. My hair is making its way it back. It looks good. You know, because it's very I was, chic. Because I was pregnant, I kept, uh, I mean, I didn't have a lot to begin with, but I kept a lot of my yeah. hair and I was like, one day I'll be able to tell her that I, I was nervous to go bald. Yeah. And, um, I never did because I, because of her, I think yeah. because of my hormones. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's one plus. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Um, all right, you guys, li- please thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this. This one was very emotional and beautiful and special. Share this with your friends, rate us, review us, and we'll talk soon. 